What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that rave line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe it. USC is seven and five again. Oh no! Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is seven and five again. Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode 528. Coming to you on Wednesday. January 3rd, it is a new year, but we are going to look back at last year, this past season, 2023, uh, particularly the Rose Bowl, not the Rose Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, basically the Rose Bowl, you know, yeah, <laughs> SC winning a bowl game, that's just like a Rose Bowl, right? It's uh, a bowl game in California. Yeah, that's the same thing. Um, it used to be the poinsettia bowl, that was like a, a red flower, Yeah, practically, also in San Diego, so practically the rose bowl it's just it's it's all the same thing uh usc getting the big win over the louisville cardinals uh we're gonna talk about that uh look back at over under crown our champion for over under uh talk about the transfer portal and so much more here on this episode as always you can follow us on twitter rain of troy like us on facebook facebook.com slash rain of troy be sure to subscribe to us on apple podcasts stitcher tune in overcast Spotify, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Email address Reign of Troy and our phone number 818-643-7227. Second What's Bruin Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, general of my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in a new year. Alisa Dertol. Hello, everybody. Hello. Ron Murdy in the chat says, Happy New Year, Alicia and Michael. Happy New Year to you too. Yes. Happy New Year to everybody joining us. Uh, what's your, what's your, um, new year's resolution? My new year's resolution is to actually have a new year's resolution and to do new year's resolution type things. Cause I definitely didn't do that last year. And 
as much as it, New Year's resolutions are are maybe a, a trap, um, mm-hmm. they're probably a, a good thing. They're like I think they're a good thing to try to figure out to to reflect and think about the things that you need to get better about, and uh, and and at least consciously put it out into the universe that you're even thinking about doing those things. So I have a bunch of New Year's New Year's resolutions. I was I was just thinking about. Uh, uh, committing to doing closing duties a little bit more more regularly, which is the act of acting like your home is a is is a like a shop that you have to close up for the night. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah, that's bad news for you. No, does that mean we gotta we gotta do recovery every night? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that, no. exactly. We gotta no. do zoning and recovery, no. and all that kind of stuff. No, I left retail <laughs> for a purpose. No, hell no, no. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, my New Year's resolution is uh, I don't don't have one. I, I don't know. It, it, Gotta it's, figure it's, one out. Yeah. I never know. Like the all the other ones are. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat better. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the gym. Like yeah, but like I shouldn't need a New Year's resolution for those things. You know what I mean? Like but that's I, what that's all I'm saying is that like. Yeah, they're a bit of a trap. Yeah, they sort of all fall away or whatever. But it's good to think about the things that you should be yeah. doing any all the time anyways. So. Right. Yeah. Now is as good a time to start doing anything as ever. Yeah, for sure. Which means it's the perfect time to start over at DraftKings. Because Trojan fans, if you heard about DraftKings, they're offering a new fantastic sign-up for new users, especially this week. Uh, you can place a $5 bet and get anything uh, $5 bet on anything and instantly claim 150 bucks in bonus bets. Go put five bucks down uh, on Michael Penix doing something amazing in the national championship game against, against Michigan. And you get 150 bucks back in instant uh, bonus bets. You'll instantly be, be rewarded with no sweat, single game parlay every single day. When you opt in, the best part is when you receive those both awards for your for even if your first bet loses. And when you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code Reign of Troy. Using our code Reign of Troy not only gets you the great bonuses, but directly supports this very podcast. So if you've been setting up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code Reign of Troy uh, to make some maximize your first bets and parlays. The offer, of course, only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present. Uh, in legal gambling states, please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description, for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Uh, Alicia, DraftKings um, is a, a royal name, I would say. Uh, but I would also say that the Rose Bowl, when you're talking about the Rose Bowl here, sort of the royalty of bowl games. West Texas Mike in the chat says, speaking of the Rose Bowl, I'm going to say it. Michael is right. Trojan versus... Uh, uh, versus the Bruins every year at the Rose Bowl, split it 50 50 like Texas and OU. I'm I'm emailing Jen Cohen. It would be great, wouldn't it? It would be great, but also why why take away the game from the from the Coliseum? Well, I mean, too? this is the interesting thing is like historically speaking, if you were going to make the SC UCLA game a neutral site game, realistically, if that happened, it would be at SoFi. Which would be the worst possible the thing worst, they could do. Worst thing they could do, yes. The, the, Historically, the, it would be at the Coliseum, which why would SC agree to that? And then, but for in terms of atmosphere and 
true neutral sightness and all those kind of things, it would be the Rose Bowl. But the Rose Bowl sort of has the least grounds for it other than like it would be cool. Wouldn't it be cool if? Right. It, and the Rose Bowl never does anything because it, it would be cool if because God forbid the neighbors have to deal with another night of something going on there. Yeah, yeah. But but also, what's not cool about the Coliseum? I agree. You do the neutral site thing if it's perfectly split between two fan bases that are further away from each other or yeah. you don't have. Which, by the way, by the way. Hmm. I, 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 the more I think about it, I want to make it my mission. I am going to run for office um, before 2028. I, I want to be the, the, the USC president. I'm, I don't, even, I, I don't, I'm not qualified. I don't think I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, I do know the fight song, so that might help me. Um, but I want to run on one ground and one ground only. I want the 2028 season. For SC to play at the Rose Bowl. That's all I want. Uh, good luck with that pipe dream. That's all I want. Good. SC good. can't play at the Coliseum because of the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Well good, then. Good luck with the city of Pasadena. I know that I, pipe. Dream. I know, but like, <laughs> it's it's there's no better option. The reason he brings this up for those who don't know is that the Olympics will be. Uh, yes, will be forcing USC the, out of the Coliseum first. Everything that we've read, the Coliseum will be unusable for six months before and after the the Olympics because they are essentially. So it's very, very, very fascinating what how the Coliseum is going to be used. Um, obviously, when when the Raiders came down uh, in in ninety four, um, no, they left in ninety four. Uh, when the yeah, when the Raiders when the Coliseum had the renovations uh, by the, to try to keep the Raiders in like 93 uh 94, whatever the hell it was, um, they took out the track at the Coliseum, right? So like they moved the, the floor in the Coliseum lower. They added rows to the bottom of the Coliseum. What it means is there's no room for a track at the Coliseum. Well, how are they going to host the Olympics? You ask. They're going to raise the surface. They are going to create a second floor of the Coliseum, and the floor is going to be two levels. So there's going to be a subfloor. There's going to be something like 20, 30 feet suspended from the floor of the Coliseum now, which will cover several rows at the bottom of the Coliseum. And by doing this, they'll create a subfloor where, like, they're going to have, like, this elevator. So we're all the, like, the... Locker rooms and stuff are going to be on that ground floor and there will be an elevator that will move up and down so the athletes can go up and down and whatnot. But um, they're... It's a major construction It's a major construction thing and then they're able to put the track there on this new subfloor that they're going to put in the Coliseum. It's going to be like an engineering marvel that they're going to be able to construct. Much cheaper than building a full new stadium stadium with the track in it, right? Yeah. But this means that the churches cannot play at the Coliseum. Um, I guess, I guess theoretically they could if they if they wanted to play with the track there, but they surely wouldn't. Uh, and so they got to go somewhere. I, I, I've always sort of assumed it's going to be end up being SoFi, but I, I I think there's better options than SoFi. I think it'd be better if they played at uh, the little rinky-dink sports arena, the MLS stadium. I think that would be better. 
somehow I doubt they're going to do. I don't believe they would do that, but I think that would be better. And the Rose Bowl better. As I said, the uh, good luck with the with that particular platform of Hmm. them. Ron Murdy says 2028 is a long way off. It feels like it, but you want to know what's even more depressing? 2028, as far back as 2020. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Equidistant. We're equidistant to 2028 if we were to the start of COVID. Oh my jeez. That's yes. That's exactly that. Between that and and you know turning 35 this year, there's nothing more <laughs> depressing than that. That's true. Uh, all right, let's let's start with the new show. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today. Use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, before we get to talking about the Holiday Bowl, uh, want to talk about the transfer portal, the old transfer portal. Um, Alicia, USC uh, is losing two more guys to the transfer portal. Uh, Dorian Singer, uh, the Arizona transfer who came in last year, a year ago, a year ago, 12 months ago, this was the biggest get that USC could have gotten. Uh, a huge pickup for the Trojans. Um, one that we thought was going to be massive, uh, especially after the loss of Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner at Pitt, who then transferred to SC and had a great 
uh, one year at USC back in 2022. Dorian Singer, first team All Pac 12 in 2022, caught over a thousand, uh, 1100 yards, six touchdowns for the Wildcats. Oh, he's going to fit into the Lincoln Riley offense beautifully, right? No. 24 catches, 289 yards, three touchdowns for Dorian Singer this past season. Uh, he's moving on now, um, going into the transfer portal. Uh, the transfer portal uh, officially closes, by the way, on January 4th. Sorry, that's a typo. It closed on January 2nd. Oh, January 2nd. Uh, so no more exits until after spring camp, but, uh, singer and the other guy we're going to talk about, um, are, are in there. The other guy being Andres to work, uh, offensive lineman, from the 2020 class out of Los Gatos high in, uh, San Jose. Yeah. Andres to work was a, was a, a developmental prospect that just never, never came through. Uh, so that's not, not a terrible surprise to see him. Uh, head out and you got to just sort of wish him the best of luck wherever he lands. Dorian Singer is a transfer that opens up because the NCAA was forced to allow unlimited transfers without having to sit out, um, at least for the time being, that's going to be the policy while they work out the legality of everything. So Dorian Singer could make another transfer and, uh, and try to restart his career elsewhere. Uh, it, it's a bummer because like you said, it felt like he could come in and, and be a number one guy. It felt like he, there was no reason to expect him to to come in and not do what he did at Arizona. But for whatever reason, it it never worked. It did not feel like it worked at any point. He, he was not um, unreliable in terms of catching the ball. I saw a stat saying that he didn't have any drops this year, but he was just not effective. He He didn't seem to have a rapport with Caleb Williams. It didn't seem yeah. like he had a rapport with Miller Moss in the, in the holiday bowl, which he played in. Um, he, he didn't seem to elevate the offense in, in any way. And it's just one of those, one of those ones where you can, this is a really good example of how success in college football. Yes. It's about talent, but it's also really, really, really about fit. And being in the right place to, to yeah. maximize what it is that you do. And it just it just didn't feel like Dorian Singer fit what USC wanted to do in their offense. Uh didn't didn't necessarily fit uh the whether it was the the scheme or the skill set or having players who maybe did did a thing better than him or or more effectively than him or anything like that. So yeah, it's a bummer to see him go, but at the same time you can't blame him for leaving. He just didn't Yeah. He I, didn't make his mark. And and going forward, you have to you have to look at what the receivers did in the holiday bowl. And that should that pro- certainly told him something about what the future of USC's wide receiving core looks like. And mm-hmm. he didn't look like he was going to be a huge factor in it. Yeah, I I, I think Singer I thought was going to be someone who was was going to be a superstar in this offense. And then all of a sudden his transfer sort of threw a spanner in the works and the, the way you wouldn't expect when, which it didn't work. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I I don't quite under understand. Um, I think there's, I have a guess. What's your guess? My guess is that he was a very productive uh, receiver in an offense where the quarterback very much trusted him 
to go up and catch 50-50 balls whenever possible. And in USC systems, certainly when Caleb Williams was running it, uh, the idea of even throwing up a 50-50 ball was not something that Caleb seemed willing to do and certainly not to Dorian Singer. Yeah. So Dorian Singer, it, it might be a situation where he couldn't create the kind of separation that was necessary for him to get the ball thrown his way. Yeah. And his best skill set is catching the ball without separation. I, so I've just never heard of a jump ball merchant before. I, I mean, you know what I, mean? I don't like, know. It's just, it's, 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 it's the closest thing I have to a theory that it didn't feel like he was ever, he ever created the kind of separation that would get him the ball consistently. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the only comparison that's coming to mind for me is Katie Nixon. Uh, and that Katie Nixon was a guy who, you know, at Colorado at one point had 50 catches and uh, looked like someone who was really good in that Colorado a deep, offense, a deep ball merchant and never got thrown the ball deep at USC. And so. He caught three passes <laughs> at USC in 2021. Yeah. Um, it, happens. it happens. Yeah. I, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with singer. There's always the chance going into the portal doesn't mean anything. Uh, and they could come back. Uh, Dave P in the chat says, uh, why is Lincoln Riley going after wide receivers? We already have a set group. Uh, does he not know that we need offensive and defensive linemen, right? Didn't he say defense first right now? Uh, yes, but, but also like, I would just, I would just urge to wait to see what the end result of those things are. I think part part of this I, comes up with SC did get an incoming transfer at receiver Jaden Richardson. We're going to talk about in a second here, but I, I think there's there's sometimes you end up being able to to land things at different paces, right? I think it's madness to say USC doesn't need any wide receivers. I think that is absolute madness. USC does not have any depth at wide receiver going into this year. Yeah. Yes. You feel really good about Jacoby lane and Deuce Robinson and Zachariah branch. And you hope to hold on to Kyron Hudson, but you need a two or three deep at wide receiver. And USC mm -hmm. does not have a two deep at wide receiver at this point. If they're, if they're intending to yeah. run four or five wide wide receiver sets at any point. They they don't they it's, need bodies. Like there are no you really like the dudes that are in there, but you also can't sit on your hands and say, well, we like the four guys that we have, so we're good at wide receiver. No, you have to keep yeah. plugging away. And and especially this is the other thing at receiver, I think if you are USC, receiver is a very easy position to fill. Like the the competition that number one, there are a bajillion receivers out there to add. So uh, competition for each individual receiver is going to be is not going to be as fierce as any offensive lineman that enters the portal. Any defensive lineman that enters the portal is going to be a ridiculous amount of, of competition. Mm -hmm. Wide receivers, there's there's a million of them. You can find them anywhere. It doesn't you don't have to you're not by recruiting wide receivers you're not neglecting the offensive line or, or defensive line like it's not a zero sum game if you fail to get offensive and defensive linemen this year in the portal it's not because you took you you, you had uh somebody you know Dennis Simmons take the time to talk to Jaden Richardson or right. or uh as we're going to talk about in a little bit like Silas Bolden or whatever that's that's not how it works. This isn't these aren't recruiting tokens in in EA uh in uh EA Sports where you only have 500 points that you can use that that's 
you need to be restocking this receiver room, right. especially if you can find some veteran guys to balance out the young guys that you have coming through. You need as many mm-hmm. as many dudes who can catch the ball as possible. I I, I say go for it. Yeah, you, you look at USC's receiver room. Uh, there were eight different USC receivers who caught double-digit passes this past season. Eight. Of those eight, five are gone. Todd yeah. Washington, gone to the NFL. Brendan Rice, gone to the NFL. Mario Williams, gone to the transfer portal. Dorian Singer, gone to the transfer portal. Michael Jackson III, gone to the transfer portal. And of the dudes who are coming back, uh, you got Tyron Hudson, who's been a depth guy the whole time he's been at SC, right? You got Zachariah Branch, who was a true freshman, and I think he's a hell of a talent, but him being a receiver is probably not his biggest forte at the moment. He he's still got to develop being a receiver. Uh, his biggest impact is just being a guy with in space with the ball in his hands, right? Like yeah. he's still got to develop as a receiver. And then the other one is Deuce Robinson, who is a tight end. Uh, he needs to uh, concentrate on catching receiver football. like combo that that is still figuring stuff out. So like, yeah. there is no finished product at receiver. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. It's a place that you've got to go, uh, and, and prioritize dudes there because the other options are Jacoby Lane and Mikhail Lemon, who were, were true freshmen this past season as well. So, um, yeah, uh, let's talk about the new, uh, transfer in Jaden Richardson out of Tufts. The, the, the new pipeline to USC is D three Tufts, uh, out of, uh, the Boston area. Uh, Richardson originally from San Mateo, California, home of. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Bra- that, I was going to say that. Yeah. And then I, I, I talked myself out. Yeah. Uh, six, two, two, ten. He was the new England, small college athletic conference. Co-player of the co-offensive player of the year. That is a mouthful, uh, and a half. I was going to write any SCAC. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I had to look it, up what that meant. That sounds like some sort of like video game system. Yes. Or something. <laughs> do you have any, any access? See, do, do you have Pokemon Blue on that thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jane Richardson, 20 uh, career touchdowns uh, this past season, 46 catches, 830 yards, 13 touchdowns in nine games. Uh, for the Jumbos, the Tufts Jumbos. Is that a hell of a name or it's what? It's a wonderful name. It's great. It's wonderful. Also, I looked up Tufts. Alicia, can you name a Tufts alum? Uh, I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm sure there's politicians out there who went to Tufts. I, the, it's there, in Massachusetts, so. The, there there were. Uh, I mostly went after the, the names that, that I knew. Okay. Um, the pride of Torrance, the 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 true pride of Torrance, Michelle Kwan. Hey, that's cool. U.S. Olympian, uh, Meredith Vieira. Where does she rank on your 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 view hosts uh, power rankings? She's fine. She's I think it's enough. a good way of yeah. She's she's all right. Yeah. Star Jones, I would pr- probably put higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actors Peter Gallagher, Oliver Platt, and uh, Hank Azaria. Also went to Tufts. So there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, I, I think it's a 
seemingly a, a, a good it's hard to say right okay. about a about a d3 receiver but we just talked about sc needs bodies there he's he's uh he certainly excelled um in the the level that he was at uh if he was under recruited then yeah maybe it's a it's a bright you know starlet to go get i i'm it's imp- sure. it's it's impossible to evaluate this. Yeah. He was extremely successful at the level that he was at, extremely productive, an all-American level, uh, you know, all-conference level player. Mm-hmm. Um he's a veteran. He's a he's an older guy. He's fully developed mm-hmm. and he wants to prove himself. And so he's going to come to USC and prove himself one way or the other yeah i i you don't see usc take a flyer on this profile of athlete Mm -hmm. uh, of this this profile very often the fact that they are maybe tells us that uh that they they see something in him the the profile looks right the size looks right the the stats uh, not the stats the the highlights look good for for, you know knowing the level of competition that they are we're not sure um uh, we're not sure that that that's going to be uh, anything that's that's you know. Uh, do, do we know if he's a starting caliber player for USC? I I don't know, but you bring him in, you give him a chance, and you see you see what he does. So uh, no harm, no foul, as far as I'm concerned uh, on on the transfer. Um, but it's this isn't the transfer you get like super excited for. Because well, I, I was thinking about it. That you look at SC's transfers: Nate Clifton from Vandy, uh, Jaden Richardson from Tufts, uh, who is a three-star transfer according to twenty-four-seven Sports. So D three, but that doesn't mean that like he's a like I said, like people here. who evaluate talent say he has talent. Like yeah, that doesn't mean that. Well, we thought Dorian Singer would would translate, and he didn't, and. Uh, you know, uh, Taj Washington came from from uh, you know Memphis, Memphis and Memphis, yeah. and did just fine at USC. So it, it's yeah. it's difficult to, to say. Um, Lofa Tutupu came from the FCS level. Uh, Maine, Maine Black Bears. Um, the uh, but there was also the the guy from Penn that SC put out a uh, the the first transfer portal offer. So like. Penn, Bandy, Tufts, is SC Stanford all of a sudden? It's, I mean, it's funny, right? Like, it, I it, mean, they have said that they're trying to find guys who, uh, who, who are are culture fits and who want to yeah. be at USC. So these guys we are will, culture fits and want to be at USC. We will see how it goes. Speaking okay. of culture fits, um, transfer rumor potential targets. One of those is included uh, to be a North Dakota State defensive lineman. Uh, Javier DeRitt played for Mac, uh, Matt Entz, USC's linebacker coach, at North Dakota State when he was the head coach of North Dakota State. The Bison, 6'2", 280 pounds, 31 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks in 15 games for the Bison in 2023. at had seven tackles for loss uh, a year ago. If Entz likes the guy, I think that that seems to make sense, but... Um, Seems to be in line with the culture fit thing, especially if Entz uh, has an eye there. And, and any thoughts? Yeah, yeah that that feels feels like USC will have an edge in in this recruitment. Obviously, with the personal relationship between those two, um, yeah. I I like the idea of USC bringing in somebody who is familiar with with Matt Entz, who 
uh, who he can vouch for in terms of, again, culture fit in, in terms of, of uh, the right kind of competitive, competitive spirit. And, and maybe uh, that he sees as somebody who has the potential to play at the, at the upper level. Um, another guy that if, if USC landed him, they're not the home run, you know, five-star transfer additions, but these are the, we talk about like the brick and mortar kind of thing. These are potential mortar guys that, uh, that you, you have to fit yeah. in. And, and the, there's, you know, some, some talk about like how, you know, what, what is USC targeting in the portal and all that kind of stuff. Like USC had 19 dudes transfer, it has 19 dudes transferring out. Wouldn't be surprised if more guys transfer out after the spring. Uh, there are, there's, a, there's room to add guys, especially in positions of need where you can, um, where you can have a, a vouch for the, the culture fit. So I'm on board with looking at these guys. You can't yeah. just the, get these level of guys, but the question you got to look the, at them. Yeah, the, the question is the size, 6'2", 280 for a defensive yeah. lineman. But, um, well, USC was starting to, you know, dudes who were 270 at defensive tackle right. this year. So, so I don't know. Uh, again, 6'2", two, <laughs> 280 at, at North Dakota State doesn't mean that necessarily mean that that's what he would be at SC. Yeah. Um, also doesn't necessarily mean that he would be a defensive lineman. Maybe he's coming over as an edge linebacker or something. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, who, who knows? We, we will see what happens with DeRitt and whether or not he's able to uh, commit to the Trojans. Uh, another guy SC is looking at is wide receiver Silas Bolden from Oregon State, originally from Rancho Cucamonga. 5'8", bucks 57. Uh, slender dude, little guy, but 54 catches. Uh, for the Beavs this past year, 746 yards, five touchdowns. Sure. Yeah. Uh, SC um, needs receivers. Another guy with the, uh, you know, local, um, the Oregon State connection is is obvious with the Mascarenas, with the Arnold brothers mm -hmm. who are coming over on the defensive side of the ball. So this is not a surprise, yeah. not a surprise at all. Might just be an easy uh, plug guy who can, who has a lot of experience who uh, was productive at power five level right. uh, and, uh, and can come in and, and be a fit guy and uh, be a slot guy for USC where again, I will mm -hmm. continue to say USC likes where they're at at receiver. That does not mean that they don't need a number of receivers to refill that room because you do right. not want to walk into the 2024 season with six receivers on your roster. Yes. You need Especially in a in a high powered offense like USC has, you need mm -hmm. to have more dudes. And Silas Bolden uh, is is a dude. So, yeah, yeah. He, he led Oregon State with in, in receiving, and I think that anytime you can go out there and get a guy who led a led a team in receiving, top twenty team in receiving, I think that yeah. that is a a strong point, especially for an offensive. I mean, sorry, a wide receiver core that needs to be rebuilt, like we've talked about. Uh, Silas Bolden, USC has a history of getting transfers named Silas. This one would be an orange Silas instead mm -hmm. of Silas Red, but alas. Look uh, Bolden. Yeah. Uh, I, when, I, when I first saw this, I'm like, my, my brain went to Bubba Bolden? Yes. <laughs> um, a transfer out. A transfer out of USC, yeah, yeah for a completely different reason. Uh, the the guy that SC has been looking at forever, Will Howard, the quarterback, uh, is now looking at Ohio State. So um, we're going to have to see, wait and see if, when he makes a decision. Uh, Ohio State is interesting because they were hot on the tail for Cam Ward, who just decided, nah, 
eh, actually, I'm not going to come back to college. I'm going to go to the NFL. Uh, he must have liked what he got on his evaluation yeah. or didn't like what he got in terms of offers for NIL deals to to go places. So, no, yeah, good for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with Will Howard as he decides between Ohio State, SC, uh, and whoever else he wants. It's, um, it, I will continue to say Miller Moss having that performance in the Holiday Bowl was amazing. It was wonderful. Uh, it complicates the hell out of USC's quarterback recruiting for uh, for the coming year. So this is going to be this is going to be fascinating. Meanwhile, Ohio State's bowl game showed that they desperately, desperately, desperately need a quarterback. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising if Will Howard ends up there. Yeah, we we, we had a comment earlier. I, I think from uh, was it Dave P who mentioned that SC needs to recruit on the offensive line. Well, SC has offered LSU offensive tackle Lance Hurd. 66340 from Monroe, Louisiana. Ever been to Monroe? I have never been to Louisiana. I've I've been to Monroe and Louisiana. And well, Monroe was in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, went to the Duck Dynasty store there. Nice. Yeah. Pretty nifty little place. Uh he was ranked the number 15 recruit in 2023 a year ago. Uh, but he is leaving Baton Rouge. Uh would be interesting. Six six three forty. That's the size you want on the offensive line. Uh, high ranking prospects didn't work out in Baton Rouge for whatever for whatever reason. Wants a new start. Yes, absolutely. Those are the type of guys that I think you need to go after on the offensive line when when you can. If SC isn't able to get the five stars out of high school, then get them in this instance, right? Yes, this this is the prize guy. This this is the dude that, uh, you know, if 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 you're picking up, uh, if people want to whine about USC picking up Jaden Richardson or going after uh, Durrett or any of those guys, like if you land somebody like, uh, like Lance Hurd, mm-hmm. you can stop complaining about USC, you know, focusing on wide receivers or whatever, whatever that you want to talk about. This is a five-star offensive lineman, big-time dude. Pro Football Focus rated him uh, when he got in, when he got playing time at, at LSU as a true freshman this year. He was the top-graded freshman offensive lineman that uh, that saw action. He is massive. He is talented. He is the cream of the crop in terms of offensive linemen that USC could bring in and help transform uh, the offensive line, get it, get it in the right, in the right direction. So um, the offer is, is one step. I think uh, there's, there's talk about where is USC putting its NIL dollars. If you ever wanted to put on NIL dollars to work, this, this is the guy. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's my understanding that, that the, the issue at LSU is just, he doesn't have a, a clear path to starting. Um, they, they have tackles. I believe they're, they're both coming back. And so he wants to come in and start. And USC, I think, could offer him a starting position straight up mm-hmm. uh, if he came to USC. So you got to put your NIL dollars to work. You got to get John Henson on, Josh Henson on the phone. You got to do whatever you can to get this level of prospect because uh, picking up someone like Lance Hurd makes up for the offensive lineman you lost in the class of 2024. Like this is right. the kind of guy that you can't let go if you have a shot at him. So. I, I this really, is a big one. I really think we got to stop calling it NIL dollars nil 
Because you don't want to offer him nil, right? (laughs) You offer him nil, you're probably not going to get him. This dude's not going to get nil. I can, uh, (laughs) I can, I can tell you that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, um, we'll see how how it comes to be. Uh, Six six three forty. Yeah, absolutely. See, this is the thing: is is when it comes to the transfer portal, where you where you hit big. I think you can you can hit big with veteran guys at specific positions at more of the skill positions um when it comes to recruiting the offensive line i'm a big i'm becoming a big believer in find the young big talented dudes who want to start right away but can't at bigger programs and get them in for the love of god because as i've talked about before bringing in offensive line transfers you can only get away with so many to start immediately if they're if they're sort of veteran grad transfers the chemistry doesn't always work. The the plug and play doesn't really seem to work all that reliably. But if you can get a dude who is coming off of his true freshman season, who still has three years of eligibility left, who looks like they might be ready to play right now and just need to continue to develop, the, this is the profile of player you have to be able to land in the portal if you're going to run the sort of recruiting game the way that that USC has been has been running it. So. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's big. And and Dave P in the chat says he's not good enough at LSU. How's he good good enough at USC? LSU does not want to lose this kid. LSU does not want to lose this kid. The timing for LSU is wrong. That's the only thing about it. Yeah, LSU's he's not going into his true out. sophomore season. And- it's the same thing that happened with Bear Alexander at Georgia. It, Bear Georgia didn't want to lose Bear Alexander. The timing didn't work out for for Georgia and Bear Alexander. He wanted to be the man right right away, and USC can benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to talking about the Holiday Bowl. USC big winners over Louisville, forty two twenty eight in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, let's go over some some thoughts. Uh, you've had a, a week to think about it. Uh, where are you at on the Holiday Bowl? USC's win. The hol- <laughs> where am I at in the Holiday Bowl? The Holiday Bowl was very fun. It was it was refreshing from a USC perspective. Yeah. The more stats I sort of see come out of it, the the more I think about it, the more it kind of makes me angry. Oh. Pessimistic Alicia is out in full force. No, it's not. It's actually the reverse. It's actually optimistic Alicia because. Uh, fight on rusty tweeted um usc had the most players in all of college football with an 80 or better tackle grade in their bowl game jalen smith anthony beavers bryson shaw jacoby covington jamil muhammad and eric gentry all were above 80 tackling was a huge issue for usc throughout the year tackling was a major major problem including four guys like bryson shaw and Jamil Muhammad, and Eric Gentry. And yet, in the bowl, suddenly, they can tackle. So it's not that the players on the field, this is the thing I've been saying for the last couple of years, uh, it's not that the players on the field were all completely unplayable, not worthy of of, of playing at at USC level or even Pac-12 level or anything like that. It's that they were so completely mismanaged and miscoached and misschemed and ill-prepared that each individual on USC's defense was worse 
the the sum of the parts was worse than the than the value of, of each individual player. And and the the Holiday Bowl pretty much just goes out to prove it. There were certainly guys on the field um, who didn't have uh, the the who, in my opinion, should not have been playing at USC, let alone starting at USC. And um, the, those individual personnel decisions were were head scratchers. But aside from those personnel decisions, it felt like USC was just not getting what they could have out of any of the individuals that are out there. And mm-hmm. we saw closer to, and, and th- that was still a flawed defensive performance, but we saw closer to what a, even, even just middle-of-the-road coaching job could have done with the talent that USC had had out on the field. Yeah. Uh, we also saw, you know, guys up front like like Keon Bars and and um, uh, oh, why am I forgetting his name right now? The Purdue transfer, um, Sullivan, Jack Sullivan, and those guys. We just saw them get more playing time and 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 so, be present out there in ways that, like, I don't know that those guys fixed the problem for USC, but it, it didn't make sense that they weren't out there half of the time. But I I don't think that this. I, I don't think that all this stuff makes sense either because so I, I saw a lot of people crediting um, Taylor Mays for the tackling ability, especially in the secondary. Um, I understand why, which is ironic, <laughs> but like, I, I don't, I, I need to make it make sense to me because it's not like they were running a different, a completely different defense. Um, they were still running the same scheme that Alex Grinch installed at USC a year ago. It, it's it's not like like you could, could just completely go in there and reteach the fundamentals to all these people, and then at that point, well, then why weren't most of the coaches that were that were already on staff were like everybody was coaching the team was already on staff even if they weren't in the same exact role right like so you know why weren't they doing that before then like none of this makes any sense to me my theory is that alex grinch was doing too much my theory is that he was installing too much asking too much uh requiring too much in terms of of the complexity of the defense trying to get too cute trying to do too many different coverages trying to do too many different uh setups whatever and taking him out of the equation forced Odom and Nua to streamline and simplify everything. And then on top of that, which which they did before the UCLA game, they streamlined and simplified everything. And we saw it didn't yeah. necessarily make a difference. But then they got a couple of weeks of bowl practices where having streamlined and simplified and, and just gone more basic with everything, they could spend two weeks of saying, okay, we will just get good at doing these simple things. We will focus on on all on the fundamentals and all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And you saw it made, it made a difference. Uh, Charles son in the chat says that uh, Taylor said that the player said that Taylor Mays taught them some new drills. So even just having somebody thinking differently, going into bowl games in the bowl prep saying, yeah, um, we're going to just try this different thing and see if this works. This is why I, I was frustrated with Alex Grinch at a certain point was because it, it felt like he couldn't reach the players that he had in terms of getting them to connect with his scheme, with his preparation, with his mentality on defense or whatever. And so then the idea was, well, we're going to blame the players for just not getting it, and it's their fault, and that's that. Where right. 
a good coach recognizes these players aren't getting it. These players aren't connecting with this. Let's do this instead and see if this is right. the thing that they that they connect oh. with. And and maybe that's maybe it's as simple as that's what Taylor Mays did. Maybe it's as simple as as uh, the 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 s- small changes that they made were what got Bryson Shaw to suddenly understand how to how to actually effectively make a tackle uh how, yeah you know how to how to get more out of um out of you know someone like anthony beavers who wasn't really playing much this season and got his opportunity and and had a and had a big game not just this season but in seasons past so yeah well anthony beavers I th- all i can remember his impact this past season was he got burned on a, a touchdown or two uh yeah. was it late in the Nevada game? Uh he was burned over the top. Well that was the, that the was the plays. issue, right? Is that we would talk about like, man, USC safety play is really terrible. Like, but then they'd put Zion Branch and Anthony Beavers in and it would be like, Well, that doesn't solve your problem because those guys are getting beat even even right. worse. So it, it's about it's about working with the guys that you have and the guys that they had in this game, uh, they got more out of them straight up and then mm-hmm. with with somebody like jacoby covington like uh, jacoby covington was already usc's best corner from the get-go in my opinion and he dealt with injuries and probably even when he was healthy they weren't playing him exclusively so sort of it's it's weird but like J- jacoby covington doesn't surprise me at all um jalen smith when jacoby covington wasn't on the field jalen smith was already usc's best defender half of the time mm-hmm. so that doesn't necessarily surprise me either but it's it's everybody else in that secondary especially who just looked more capable and like prophet brown isn't in this isn't on this list of of the tackling but prophet brown had a hell of a game outside of a, a couple a couple of uh, of mishaps but um prophet brown wasn't wasn't getting playing time earlier in the season, despite dudes ahead of him who were playing significantly worse than anything we saw from him. So it's, yeah, it's about, it's about what this, what this staff figured out in terms of changing their, uh, whatever approach they were doing with the players clearly got more out of them. And it, it's got to give you a lot of hope for what the new staff whether it includes right. holdovers or not, well, what the new staff is able to accomplish with, with a I, lot of the same players. I, I think it also shows that how just fixing a little bit um, shows what the impact can be on the field. Um, SC still gave up 28 points to Louisville. It's not like they held them to 10 points and, mm-hmm. you know, were able to shut them down or all these different aspects of the game. They didn't, they didn't do those things. Um, you look at a lot of the numbers, the, a lot of the numbers don't make SC's defense look like they had this incredible performance. Uh, third downs, Louisville was at 50%. They picked up two of three fourth downs. Uh, you know, they 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 averaged, you know, 5.2 yards per play, which is uh, sort of middle of the road. But, like, uh Isaac Arendo ran for a buck 61 and averaged seven yards a pop. Like they were able to, to get yards and all those things. Um, but the difference was SC was able to tackle. And I think that the, the result is fewer big plays from Louisville. We talked about it in the car cast uh, that you look at the, the big chunk plays that Louisville had. Uh, they had, um, 
what was it? Six gains of 10 yards or more. Uh, but only two of those were over 20 yards. They had one pass play of 20 plus yards. And that was exactly 20 yards, which was a short pass to Isaac Garendo, the, the running back, a little swing pass. So like, this was this was a completely sort of different kind of game from the defense where they just sort of kept things in front of them for the most part. Uh, they weren't perfect, but I think that's a, it's a good sign of like just improving your tackling can put you back to being a 28-point defense from being a 45-point defense. So now if you fin- fix your tackling and your uh, coverage, what's going to happen? You fix your tackling, your coverages, and your ability to get a pass rush, what can happen? And you just do just these little building blocks on top of these things. Even with the same players, you can improve, you know, uh, five, six, seven points a pop by doing every one of those steps, right? Specific to this season, that defense just, and, and like you said, it's not an elite defense. It just did some more little things correctly. Not, not an elite USC defense. No, that, not an, that's, not, that's not to a, put it lightly. Yeah, to put it lightly, but 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 effective enough. Yeah, you beat Utah. You comfortably beat Cal. You have a chance against UCLA, and you might even have a chance to upset Washington or Oregon because I. But this is this is the the part that like you know everybody in in the moment was frustrated when Lincoln Riley was saying like, we're close, we're close. And I, and I get why obviously, but like if the defense was just marginally competent for any of those games, SC is, is running away from the close games and they're able to, yeah, I I think they are a 10 win team. Like they're they're, they're at least they have that ability to, right? Like you look at Washington, Washington's going to the national championship. And I think the three teams that could have beaten them this year are Oregon, SC, um, and Texas were the ones that, I mean, yeah, they, they had their scares against, uh, what was it, ASU at home? Sure. Well, they but, went, but they, like, basically SC the went, whole end of the schedule was, was is Washington in trouble here? Sure, uh, sure. But. Yeah, yeah, ASU, ASU, ASU you know, yeah. scared them. Arizona scared them, yeah. But but what I'm saying is, like, SC went tit for tat with them for three and a half quarters until their last two drives of the game, SC couldn't score. Yeah. And and USC had a, a fumble, and, and that was the, that. They right. lost the possession, and, that, and it was over. And if the defense would have just been competent in that game, and you know holds washington to one fewer touchdown drive or maybe two whatever it is it's a completely different game maybe fc wins that game i don't know but like the the game changes right like i think the oregon game changes but they probably still lose that one whatever but like well they probably still lose those games yeah they probably still lose to notre dame washington and Oregon because those are those are teams, but they're that, but they're completely different on the eye test. Yes, right? completely like, different on the eye test. Those are those are close losses that are that are competitive. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know Notre Dame. I put the Notre Dame game in its own category because that was just that was a completely different kind of loss than you. You than can't the rest. win the game in which you turn the ball over five times. That was actually the closest that USC was defensively to what we saw in the Holiday Bowl. 
all season was the Notre Dame game, which was funny because the offense was by far their, their, their worst, but, right. but the rest of the season, it just, it, it, it looks more competitive. It, the, the flip side of this though, is are we gassing up the ability for the defense to look marginally competent on a night where they still gave up 28 points? Um, they gave up, they did not hold Louisville to a scoreless quarter. So it's not like this was a, not like Louisville only scored in garbage time. It's not like SC responded with second half adjustments that shut the game down. No, they gave up seven points in every single quarter. Louisville didn't have their top receiver. Yeah, but, but this is what I'm saying. Like they rusher. didn't have their, their two best playmakers. Uh, and also where's Louisville's offense ranking in the pack 12, like eighth, maybe. Like I and that's, but, but that's not a knock why, on Louisville. That's that's a testament to how good the Pac-12 was this right, past Right, but year. like think about UCLA's offense all season. What UCLA's sure. offense was yeah. all season, and what they did to this same sure. defense. Absolutely. So yeah, it's everything when we're talking about the defense is grading on a scale because, as you said when we first started I mean, talking, Cal about, scored fifty points exactly. Um, but uh, as you said, it's still the scheme that was installed by Alex Grinch. It's still the full year of coaching under under Grinch. It's still, like there's only right. there's only so much you could do to change what you were what you were putting out on that field, and yet they did so in a way that was effective enough for USC to win a game comfortably. Right. In a way that they had not done well, for. A whole month, mm-hmm. and I think <laughs> not it, month, it two was, months. Sure, but I, I think months. the the holiday bowl was encouraging too because I think the whole I, I, there there was a great tweet from uh, RCFB Reddit CFB um, on today Wednesday I think it was where it said just remember if your team um, lost the uh, the your your bowl game bowl games don't matter and if they if they won, it was a sign of how this team is. Your team has been validated this season. And they're going to have great offseason. Yeah. All, all the like you know nonsense um, fan speak things, and I and I, I get it. At the same point, I think that like the the Holiday Bowl. I think realistically looking at it was a prime example of why I think we should just enjoy college football for what it is. The, the game in the grand scheme of things did not matter. I think the game has very little indication on what's going to happen in the future. I, I, I said it in the car cast and I'll, I'll say it again. I, I think that Joel Klatt's best little nugget in the entire game um, was him saying that th- that was a USC team. That was a one-off team. We'll never see them again because the the defense the defensive players all the guys missing and there's going to be new dudes coming in there's new scheme new all the stuff but, coming in and out but 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 what it, well, hold on the, okay. the the point I'm trying to make is like the bowl games have been put into a spot where they don't matter anymore and that's sad and that's depressing and for the nostalgic you know college football fans that we are that grew up loving bowl games. I grew up loving the holiday bowl, that holiday bowl between Texas and Washington. That was great. When major Applewhite came in, which was phenomenal. Like you think of those old time games, right? Like, and those games that sort of shaped what we thought college football was. And you, you, you miss that. Right. And 
I think this was a prime example of thinking like, let's not overthink it. Let's take things for what they are. And if you just take things for what they are, was the game enjoyable from a USC perspective? Absolutely. Was the team enjoyable from a USC perspective? Absolutely. Did were were there players that made plays? Yeah, absolutely. Was it perfect? No, but it's a bowl game. What does it really matter in in this grand scheme of things in 2023? Not that much, which is why like just ex- in, embrace it for what it is, enjoy it for what it is. And I think it's a it, it's a complete opposite of the Cotton Bowl last year, which I think had the the weird pressures of it for all intents and purposes was the game that shouldn't have mattered and all those things, but a, it's a cotton bowl. It's a big, big money bowl. And B it's USC going up against Tulane and God forbid you ever lose to Tulane, right? Like, and the pressures that come with that, it comes from blowing a game in which SC should have won uh, all the defensive things are like a completely different vibe out of that game a game that USC loses because of all the things that we you just talked about there, right? But the holiday bowl was enjoyable. And yet I spent the month of December going into the holiday bowl, like n- feeling nothing going into this thing, like not really caring. It was hard to put together a preview for the show. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know how much people are going to be all, you know, all in on it. Uh, we've talked about it before. Like, are is SC fans are are they going to travel to the Holiday Bowl? Which every time we say this, we get realize how stupid that is. Because yes, the answer is yes. You're all addicted. You all can't avoid it. Uh, the 2019 season, everybody hated that, that Mike Bone didn't fire Clay Helton, and yet SC outnumbered Ohio. I mean, uh, Iowa fans in, in the holiday bowl and we're absolutely there and excited to be there. Um, the same case was th- this past week, right? Like everyone who we know that has gone has raved about like their, their time going to the game and enjoying it and all this for what it was, it was good. And for a, a season that was an unmitigated disaster, it's kind of nice just having SC having a, a game that you can just feel good about, even if in the grand scheme of things, it probably means nothing. Who cares? Here's the problem. The Tulane game, the Cotton Bowl did mean something. Because that game told us all what For was, sure. was yeah. clear is that the defense yeah. was a problem and that Alex Grinch should have been fired after it. And even mm-hmm. though you and I were on here saying, like, we understand why he's not going to get fired, he should be. Right. Based on what we saw in that game, based on the demeanor of that game, which is why I'm not going to sit here and say that this game means nothing because that's it, people. You People can't complain that bowls mean nothing and then also turn around and say, well, also bowls mean nothing. Like, you, I, you can't I don't have think it both it's a ways. bad thing Either, that it means No, nothing. no, no. no. You know it, means, I mean? it means something because guess what? USC came out there with a bunch of dudes who were eager to play football in Cardinal right. and Gold for that coaching staff, for each other. With nothing to who lose. Were, who had nothing to lose, who were enthusiastic and eager and had the right mentality. They prepared well, obviously, which are, are all things that – we needed to see after this season because they gave up ahead of the UCLA game. That was a, we 
What was the most demoralizing thing about losing to UCLA? It was the vibe. It was the, you know, we had been able to say for weeks before that this defense is God awful. This team is, is just in its own thing, but they are at least out there trying. They're at least out there fighting. Like you can see that the team has not given up quite yet. And then that was no longer the case. They absolutely gave up. UCLA was an absolute disaster. They didn't prepare well. They, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't have the right mentality during the game, all of that. So to see them prove that that was the fluke, not that that was the inevitability and that's the way it was going to be that, that, that this team could rally around each other and could understand what playing for each other and, and what preparing right looks like. All of that does matter. It is. It does it mean that USC is going to have a good season next year? No, not on its. You know, it's it's its own thing, but it's its own nugget of of truth that right. does matter. That that um, that that fight still exists in this group of players. That yes, a lot of them won't be there, but the majority of them will be back. And you need them to be able to point back to that experience for an example of this is how we rally together. And after the game, the messaging from dudes was we're a team. We came together as a team. People talked about how the, 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 the preparation for the holiday bowl was some of the best team building, the tightest that they've been the whole time. Like you can then turn around in spring ball in fall camp and say, Remember what it felt like last December when we yeah. were getting ready for the holiday? Remember how we rallied together? We need to do that again now. We need to to, to reconnect with that. It there's va- immense immense value in that. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to diminish uh, what a, a victory that was the most fun I had watching USC. Yeah, uh, all year, literally what? all year, because I couldn't even really enjoy too much the Stanford or Nevada or San Jose state games, because there was so much pressure and so much expectation of what does this mean for going forward? All that kind of stuff. Like they went out there, they balled out, they had fun. I had fun watching them. And uh, I think the lessons that they learned, you can take forward and, and see where, see what, what comes of it. Yeah. West Texas Mike in the, in the chat says, uh, I didn't want to see SC play again, like after after Oregon, but was incredibly pleasantly surprised by the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the yeah. perfect way to put it. And I I think we're in agreement here, right? Like, yeah. I when I say the game doesn't matter, I'm mostly am talking about like li- the literal things that you see on the field the the lineup, the the maybe the 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 plays you saw the the personnel, like all those things sort of don't necessarily matter whether or not SC won or lost. This doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things for the, the trajectory of what the program is. That's what I mean when I say it doesn't matter. And it was kind of nice to just like enjoy a game without any stakes that way. Um, But you're right. Like when you don't have the stakes, how are like, what's that saying that you're, you're the, People are people's true character is revealed when no one's watching or whatever it is. What's the you know the whatever that saying is? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. And like I feel like it's kind of this thing. And like, well, when you have no stakes, like like what is what? Who are you going to be? And SC took the opportunity to use this as a as a month to to get better. And I think I think that yeah, you're you're right. I think I think that that. That's something to, you know, 
feel good about going into the offseason when in reality there was no reason to give a damn about this game no reason to try no reason to do all those things they went one and five in their last six games they nearly blew the ones before that uh they they pretty much fired most of the defensive coaching staff they didn't have all these different players yeah theoretically there was no reason to 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 dig in as he did and they had a great performance from miller moss um connor morissette tweeted that when he was under pressure against louisville in the holiday bowl he completed five of seven throws for a buck 49 three touchdowns and against the blitz he was 10 of 11 for 210 which is just fantastic so um it's a good it's a good reminder that the comp for miller moss coming out of high school was Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a physical combo, though not not totally off base because he he's um he doesn't have the big arm that you sort yeah. of want to look for yeah. prototypically. What he did have was the stuff up here, the processing power, um, the 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 cool, calm collectedness in the pocket, all of that kind of stuff. But it's always interesting to 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 see whether or not that translates to the college game where things speed up a hell of a lot faster. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier in high school uh, when everything is just, you know, the competition you're playing against is just not it. Um, to see Miller do that in that game under those circumstances was the most, the single most impressive thing yeah. that I had seen. I I think there will be a lot of conversations about USC in the quarterback position that, like I said before, is heavily complicated by Miller Moss looking that good. Um, but he, you know, we, we've had some questions about his arm strength and and all of the things that that he put out there. But you can deal with a dude not having the biggest arm in the country if he processes as quickly as Miller Moss did in that game, mm-hmm. makes decisions as aptly as Miller Moss did in that game, yeah. and handles pressure the way he did in that game. And that is why I'm, I'm incredibly encouraged by everything that Miller Moss did um, as a quarterback and also as a leader, because he, he very clearly, uh, very clearly rallied the offense around him and, and got them believing in him too. Uh, that's uh, in a, in a really encouraging way. So yeah, big props to Miller Moss. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, yeah, lots of stuff to get to still on the holiday bowl. Uh, including um, over under, we we had an over under um, big finale that um, I'm super excited to get to to unveil our champion, our over under champion uh, this year. So uh, let's get into it. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I gotta take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm gonna do an under here. All right. Let's start with uh, the pre game standings for us uh i was 39 and 33 you were 35 and 37 your first over under of the holiday bowl was over under 12 and a half um zachariah branch and deuce robinson catches uh i took the under locks you into the over it was under and it was way under it was three they had three for 53 yards and a touchdown, including a 44-yard touchdown catch from Deuce Robinson. I just didn't foresee Makai Lemon um, <laughs> being the star mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and Jacoby Lane 
popping up in the second half too and 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 being being the dude uh that that was unexpected so yeah yeah absolutely uh next one i said over under 69 percent uh for usc's red zone rates louisville was the number one red zone defense in the country you took the under locks me into the over it was under alicia usc was at 60 percent, which sounds terrible uh three of five but it's easy to go three of five when you miss a field goal uh, and you have an interception. Miller Moss's one big mistake in the game was an interception in the red zone. So the Trojans went three of five. Yeah. Miller Moss saved my over under on this one. Yeah. <laughs> He's, spoiler alert. He saved you yeah. from true embarrassments. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to rub it in too much, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, next one over under uh, 32 and a half. Uh, Miller Moss pass attempts. You said uh, I took the over. I I want to say I said just slightly. At least it was just slightly. Thirty three. What a line. What a line for you. I want to institute a new a new thing. I want to institute a new over under policy for next season. I want us to stop doing the point fives. I want us to put full round numbers. Wow. And if you get, if, if your line is the actual, then you get a point as well. The person who set the line. Okay. But then what is it? So if you would have said 33, if I had said 33 and and it was 33, you don't get the point. I get the point. Because I, I set okay. the line per I like that. If it's like, 32 or if it's 34, like then you get the over-under. But if I get it spot on, I get the point. I like that. Right? I I I like that. Yeah. Counterpoint. How do <laughs> how do how do we score that for the robots at home? Uh exactly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But for us, I think I think it's, I think we'll, it's interesting. We'll, we'll workshop it. We've got we've got nine months. Yeah. Irvine Cattle Ranch has two points. I, I think two points would would be there you go. Would be valid for that. Uh, yeah, it was just over. I get the over. Uh, next one was I said over under thirty nine point five USC's third down rate. You took the under. Uh, locks me into the over. Uh, it was over. The Trojans on third down uh, were actually well over they were at 60 percent, 60 percent in the red zone 60 percent on third down six of ten which is phenomenal that's a good rate to have this is the single most impressive stat from the game because louisville's defense their their third down defense was outstanding all season long six in the country this to me is a credit to miller moss Mm -hmm. navigating that offense on third down and there was a drop on third down. There was a third down drop. Yeah, yeah. So it could have been even higher. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good point there. Uh, your last over under was 39.4 for Louisville's third down rate. Uh, basically the same line, just the other way. Uh, I took the over locks. You into the under uh, it was over. Louisville was at 50%, six of 12, six of 12. Didn't matter. SC still held them to 28 points uh, and got the win by 14. But yeah, over. Yeah, that's that's less of a surprising thing. 
Uh, last one. Uh, I said over under 388.5 Jack Plummer passing <laughs> yards. Uh, of course, that was his uh, season high against BC was 388 yards that he had for the cards back earlier in the year. He threw 406 yards with the Cal Bears a year ago at the Coliseum against the Trojans. Uh, you really took a punt on this one uh, and took the over. Uh, I took the un- under and Bob's your uncle. It was, it was way it under. It was under twice over. It was way under. He had a buck 41. See, the thing is, my strategy for over under this for this game was pick against USC in every category. And uh, and that worked out well for USC and not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse psychology, baby. There we go. All right. Uh, scoreboard for the week. I went five and one. You went one and five. A true jiggle bagging <laughs> uh, at the hands of me. Um, and for the season... I am your over under champion 44 and 34. You went 36 and 42. What do you have to say for yourself? Um, I will come back next year stronger. You will never see anyone fight mm-hmm. as hard as I will mm-hmm. to regain the crown of over under champion. Yeah. Do, do, do you, do you need to put out that Lynn Swan statement with all the buzzwords in it? <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll get on ChatGPT right now and uh, yeah. and have it write up a a, a, a commitment um, commitment to excellence commitment or whatever. To excellence, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, what did you guys, the Robots, do? Who are the weekly leaders? Who went- like West Texas Mike says this season doesn't count. USC was lame. <laughs> it's it's the is this, is this the new uh, the the new COVID year? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a bunch of people went five and one. 28 pitch, Scott Cox, LA Fred, Ryan from Arizona, and also Ryan in Sun Devil Country. Apparently, there's two Ryans. Check, check the both, count, man. They're both in Arizona. You know, that Arizona vote, you never can trust it. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right. Who won for the year? Well, here's who finished second G Pat. The record of 49 and 29. Well done, G-Pat. You did well. Uh, tied for third on the podium. Britt from Irvine, Matt and Rancho, Scott Cox, and Trevor M. Well done. Record of 47 and 31. But Alicia, the winner, the winner of the 2023 Reign of Troy over-under competition, Vincent San Diego. Hey! Well done. 52 and 26, a three point win for the season. Dominant win for Vince in San Diego, Southern Damascus, South Detroit, San Dimas, wherever he's from. Um, there's a Carmen in, where Carmen San Diego reference that I'm could have made that I'm just not going to make. That's fine. Um, yeah. Well done. Well done, Vince. Um, that's going to wrap up over under for us, uh, for the year. Uh, and all of that, uh, Alicia, before we wrap this up and and go to the mailbag, uh, our our predictions for the game, you said, uh, Louisville 30 USC 20. I said Louisville 27 SC 17. We both predicted 10 point USC losses. The Trojans won by 14. 
I did not think USC's offense was going to be able to function. I thought the offensive line would be a mess, and uh, yeah. Miller Moss would would look like he did in the second half against Stanford because of it. When <laughs> USC scored zero points in the second half, instead yeah. he looked pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, the mailbag. Wrap this thing up, shall we? You've got mail. <laughs> All right, uh, the mailbag. Let's go to the mailbag. Um, Alicia, let's start with uh, voicemails we've got. Uh, don't have a rant line. Didn't get that many calls. Um, first call we want to play is Greg in D.C. This is Greg from D.C. I was there at the Holiday Bowl. Uh, went with uh, my dad, who's the USC alum. Fight on. We are so back. <laughs> Miller Moss is QB1. Love it. Love the show. Thanks for the call, Greg. He's he's all in. He's all in on 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 Big Miller Moss. I think a lot of people are all in on on Big Miller Moss. I think he really he really proved himself in that game and I think a lot more people are are excited about the prospect of him coming in as as QB1 in in 2024 yeah. if that's the way it all shakes out. My only concern about the Miller Moss thing. I, 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 we're, we're going to get questions about Miller Moss in, in mailbags. Maybe I'll save it. I'll, I'll save it for that. I'll save okay. it for that. Let's, let's get to the David Orange County's call. Radio, what's up? This is David Orange County. Man, it's been a fortnight since I've called. There's been built up so much frustration with this season, so much frustration with this defense, so much frustration with just not coming out according to plan. Expectations were kind of getting to me. It was just so negative, so negative. Uh, I can't spill out this negativity on Raina Troy Radio. And then the Holiday Bowl. Expectations completely out the window. Man, we're going to get beat tonight, I kept saying today. Uh, I'm going to watch. I'll represent. But, you know, my expectations are so low. And this just team came out and balled. Little Moss doing some good stuff. Big touchdowns. I like it. it Accuracy was a little off, but he was a little YOLO, a little Matt Finkish against Utah a couple years ago, where he just trusted your receivers, let those guys go out and get it. I'd like to see a little bit of a ball placement here, you know, leading receivers, not throwing behind receivers, not just, you know, leaving them out, out to dry. But, hey, man, for your first start, six touchdowns can't beat that ball with a baseball bat, right? Defense, this is where I'm talking. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we had hoped for all season. Defense wasn't great. Defense wasn't, wasn't shut down, but defense just made it hard for the other offense, for the little offense, to just do what they wanted to do. Yeah, they drove down the field, but they had to get to third down, had to get nothing nothing really over 20 yards, very rarely anything over 20 yards. That's the kind of defense that I was hoping for all season long. That kind of defense mixed with King Williams' offense, man, we would have, what, what could have been? But, hey, this is going to be great for recruiting. Going to be great for the transfer transfer portal. Get a little confidence back in this USC squad. Get a little confidence back about what's going on and what what Lincoln Riley is building in in LA. I don't know why a quarterback would ever want to leave. Is it make make a Miller Moss throw for the six hundred uh, six touchdowns at three hundred seventy one yards? I think we could do with a really really good quarterback. The hats off to the guys. Love watching you play. Love watching this Royal Bowl. Um, can't wait till next season. Fight out. Thanks for the call, Dave. As always, I think the great point about the defense there is that they made it hard on Louisville. They made them earn every yard. And I think that, that that's the least you could ask for from the defense, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It just, it was just that little bit more of you, you weren't a swinging door of a defense. There mm-hmm. was actual resistance that you had to go right. through. And, 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 uh, you know, so at times it might not have been more resistance than styrofoam, but at least it was there. At least it was present. Right. Uh, so there were, there were peanuts in the box. Yeah. You'll, you'll take that after watching what we watched for the last, uh, last year, last two years yeah. defensively. But uh, I, I agree with, with Dave too, about, about Miller Moss. Like, I, I think that um, there is a chance that this is a Matt Fink Yolo ball situation i think that's that's a possibility but the big difference here is that lincoln riley is the one choosing the quarterback lincoln riley is the one developing the quarterback unlike in the matt Fink situation unlike in the keaton slovis situation um where you know you maybe had a quarterback who doesn't have the 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 prototypical nfl skill set uh but and then was in an offense that was never going to elevate him beyond what mm-hmm. he was going to be other uh, the limitations of the offensive coordinator were always part of the limitations of the quarterback and in this case knowing what we know about lincoln riley's offense if riley ultimately determines that miller moss has what it takes to be his starting quarterback i'm very confident that miller moss can successfully navigate usc's defense usc's offense uh, for 2024 or beyond simply on what he showed in that game that he understands the scheme he yeah. understands what's asked of him by Lincoln Riley he can make enough of the throws and most importantly what we've already talked about he can navigate the pocket he can process quickly he can get the ball out he can take what's there he can you know be a little bit more bold if he needs to be at times, but those things can work within the Lincoln Riley offense. You don't have to have the number one draft pick for this offense to work. Yeah. And you know, we had a question from, from Kenny uh, in the chat, by the way, can, can everybody in the chat give a big happy birthday to, to our friend, Kenny Martin. Happy birthday, Kenny. It's, Kenny's birthday this week. So big, big ups to, to, to Kenny. Um, happy birthday, buddy. Um, but Kenny in the chat said, do you see Miller Moss as the future or does he have that Keaton feel? I, I know there were comments in the middle of the game about the, the idea of the, um, uh, you talked about the, the Matt Fink thing, right? The, the Matt Fink YOLO ball game. I think there was an element of that in terms of like the, you've got nothing to lose. So just F it, let it rip. And I think there was some of that from, from Miller Moss. Absolutely. Um, but to me, this is less Keaton and I do see elements of, uh, Jackson Dart against Washington state. And Jack Sears against ASU. Not not on a very literal level, but I think that in terms of the fan based reaction, I think it shows that like, I think fans always are looking for a reason to buy in, right? Like, oh yes, that, that's what you're doing. Like, you, you that's that's why you that's why you love sports, right? Like, you just want a reason to buy. You you just need a little bit. You just need a little bit of reason to buy in. You're all in, right? Uh, and there's so many people that are all in on on Miller Moss because of the performance, and and I get it. I just would say, 
take a deep breath. I, I think Miller Moss looked fantastic. And if he ends up being the guy, then he ends up being the guy great. Um, but also there were people who thought that Jack Sears was going to be the guy after that ASU game that he started. And he's never been seen since, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's just take everything for, for what it's worth. Miller Moss did exactly what he could have dreamed of doing. And he was fantastic. And I think he earned every bit of his opportunity in the spring to go win the job, whether or not Will Howard or whoever else comes in uh, as a transfer Miller Moss earned his spot to go fight them off, to scare them off, all those things, more power to him. And that's exactly what you want to see out of a, out of a quarterback, especially someone who wears his heart in his sleeve and would, would live and die for, for SC and the Cardinal gold, right? That's why that's what you want to see. I am officially, and not that I would have been rooting against him before. I certainly wasn't, but I am officially, rooting hard for Miller Moss to go through the rest of the offseason and win that job. Yeah. Because Miller Moss, the story is great. The mentality is great. Everything that Lincoln Riley said about wanting players who want to be all about USC, like you Mm -hmm. don't get a better example of that than Miller Moss. So to have him be the one that comes through and succeeds, that's my best case scenario at this Mm -hmm. point for the USC quarterback. Right. Uh, but I'm also, I'm extremely open. USC needs to bring in a transfer. Yeah, USC I, needs to have a competition. USC needs. From a numbers point, yes. they, they have to at least bring in a yes. transfer, whether it is a Will Howard level or a uh, Mohassan level, they have to bring in a transfer. Yeah. Uh, but to, I think you made the great point too of like, you, you can you talk about Keaton Slovis, you can talk about Jackson Dart, you can talk about. Jack Sears, all the guys who had like one off or like short little stints of like really good play. Um, Matt Fink, the one big game, right? But the difference is, like you said, Lincoln Riley is calling the shots here and Lincoln Riley hasn't had a bad quarterback ever. Mm Mm-hmm. He's going to make sure that, that the situation is going to work out. Miller also, I mean, to be, we keep comparing think to to miller moss miller moss has a better arm than matt think oh no a thousand percent i just want to make that clear yes it's it's not even close but there's like there's a there's a when you've been watching people like caleb williams yeah no i i do not think for a second that he is you know miller moss is plays like matt think it's the like i said the the having nothing to lose idea uh, of Matt Fink that uh, is similar. Yes. But last little point before we get to to you know, the last little point about Kenny, um, Kenny's question about Keaton Slovis. I will say this until I'm blue in the face, and maybe I, I know that this makes me look like a crazy person. I still think that Keaton Slovis was a damn good quarterback in 2019. Mm-hmm. Something happened in the offseason, and he – People noticed that there was a lack of velo in 2020. I don't know if it was the the injury from the the Iowa game. If that's what if that's what happened in the Holiday Bowl, that that's what screwed him up, and he was never the same. But like, go watch him in 2019. He was damn good. That Notre Dame game, the game that SC lost. I thought Keen Slovis looked so so damn good in that game. Like. He looked really, really good. And then he gets hurt in the holiday bowl and he was never the same since ever. Mm-hmm. And so 
Uh, yeah, and if Miller Moss can can be 2019 Keaton Slovis, SC's going to win a ton of games with him. Yep. But you you got to get there. Um, all right. We got to give a bunch of thank yous. Uh, Alex with the big super chat coming through in the clutch as always. Thank you. You, you, you support the show and we greatly appreciate you. And every single week, um, Alex is the best, um, guy in the chat, uh, with the super chat as well. Thank you. Cheers. Mr. Mr. Smithson. Uh, and then hokey P top Trojan fan. Just coming in here with like the biggest super chat we've ever gotten in our lives. <laughs> My eyes bugged out. Jeez. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're thank glad you. To have you in here? That's uh, that's way, way, way too generous. But uh, you're yeah. top Trojan fan indeed. <laughs> yeah, he he's one of the true OGs. Uh, been been uh, listened to us literally since years, like Feels a like decade from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just about from the beginning. Um, and, uh, he, we met him at the, uh, the Texas, uh, meetup before the Texas game in 2017, grand old time. Uh, all right. Uh, also got to give a big shout out, big, uh, happy anniversary to Irvine cattle ranch. Hey. He says it's our 26th wedding anniversary. Congrats, uh, to me for having a wonderful bride. Yeah. Con- congrats to congratulations. you. That's, that's a huge achievement. You got, you got yeah. 25 years on us. So. In uh we 20, hope to we hope to be there too. 24 and a half. 20 24 and a half. We've been married right. that long enough that we we've can't been, even remember when married, we got married. We've been married one year oh, and a boy. half. One and a half years. One and two thirds years. Is it two thirds years? Two thirds years, yeah. Long time. Yeah. That's right. It's only okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh SJ in the chat says, what made Taj Washington so effective? Uh, he was not the biggest or the fastest, but he always showed up. Yeah, I, I think the, the interesting thing is, like, I've seen, we, we talked about it in the car cast, like, there was a, there was the comment from, from Equity Bruin on, on Twitter about how, like, he's the most non-USC receiver of all time. And I get it's you talked about it like it's it's Taj, Taj Washington it's slander. Taj Washington slander, man. But but like you understand what he means, yes, right? He's, like he's he, not the prototypical. He's not Michael Pittman in terms of like physical specimen, right? Yeah. But I think the interesting thing about Taj Washington is like, yeah, he's not the biggest or the fastest, but like he led the 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 country in like forty yard. Pass catches. catches yeah so like he he what does make him i don't know what makes him effective it, he just finds a way to do to, to to do it like i i don't know because he also he he had the dropsies so like i, I he's definitely he's not the fastest guy but he's just someone who who i think just has a little bit of savviness in in his game um someone who's coachable who's who does all the the right things, uh, a la Deontay Burnett, mm-hmm. that just finds a way to get in the right spot, usually. He's a really good reminder that there's more to playing receiver than just being very big or very fast. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, number one, a feel for space on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's route running and the reliability of your route running. Um, there's a, sort of an understanding with the quarterback that has to get built that, that, that trust that I think 
Taj Washington has definitely earned. Um, mm -hmm. And and also ability to manipulate a defender. You know, there's a reason that Taj Washington was able to get free for those big catches because he knew how how to get one over on a on a on a corner or yeah. or um or beat a guy with a move or even though he's not gonna burn you with his speed alone, he has to do it with his route running, with his feel for space on the field. Like that's those are the elements that take a receiver beyond their physical uh, physical attributes. And I think Taj Washington is a beautiful example of, of that ability. So yeah, it's, it's, it's USC is going to miss him. The USC needs to find somebody uh, who can be that kind of guy. And I think that one of the really encouraging things about the holiday bowl is that Makai lemon looked a little bit like he might be, something of, mm -hmm. of that kind of uh if Makai lemon becomes your taj washington for for lack of a better word replacement yeah then you're you're doing pretty certainly well. a high rank recruit too um Makai lemon out of um out of los alamitos yeah i i think it's gonna be interesting to see how sc tries to replace him because he is just he he, he like did sc replace deontay burnett i I don't yeah. exactly know because, you know, Deontay Burnett left and then the receiving core after that sort of had guys that were just sort of different, right? Like, um, yeah. Uh, guy in the chat says, uh, Riley won a bowl game. What is his record now in his career in bowl games? Uh, so he is now two and four, technically. Uh, he's lost the Rose Bowl, lost the Orange Bowl, lost the Peach Bowl, won the Cotton Bowl, lost last year's Cotton Bowl at SC, uh, and then won this past year's uh, Holiday Bowl. However, I would... Is this cherry-picking? Maybe, but please understand the context in which I'm saying this. I think it's fair to say that he's 2-1 and one in bowl games. And he's 0-3 in playoff game. Like, yes. I, I think there's a difference there. Um, this was the first bowl game that he's had that has not been a a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, and it's not been a playoff game. So he in 2021, he coached Alamo Bowl, coached Oklahoma to the Alamo Bowl, but he did not participate in the Alamo Bowl because he left to come to SC in 2021. But this is the like this was the first time he was in a December bowl game uh for all intents and purposes, right? And he thoroughly out coached um what's his face from from Louisville? What uh the the uh, Brom? Brom, yeah. Um yeah, and, and SC looked well coached, absolutely in this game, right? Like that that's all the things that we've talked about, right? It's been come back to coaching, right? Um, I just, I think, I th I just think there's a separation between the playoff games and the bowl games. Not to say that the bowl games matter more. They don't, they certainly do not matter more, his, but, it, but I, but I think there's a difference in losing, getting jiggle bagged in a bowl game versus winning or losing. Uh, I mean, sorry, getting jiggle bagged in a, in a playoff game versus winning or losing a bowl game. outside of the cotton bowl loss, the one to Tulane. His other three losses in bowl games were to Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, and arguably the greatest college football team this century. You know, you know what I love with Joe Burrow at the helm. 
I love that it's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and and, and no Ed one's Orgeron. ever gonna say <laughs> and Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. No, no, no. To, to, it's it's to, always uh uh and 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 Joe Burrow and Joe and Brady to Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because it it wasn't Ed Orgeron. Yeah. Uh no yeah like I'm just. I, I, he needs to prove. See, and this is the thing that he needs to get better coaches, in playoff games. Absolutely, coaches, but coaches like Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, um, uh, there's there's a bunch of dudes out there who are who are very good to to elite coaches who are trying to right. be, put themselves up there with. I mean, Kirby Smart was in this category up until a couple of years ago. Of can they compete with Saban? Or right. Davos Winnie but, and now and now Kirby Smart. Lincoln is in that is still in that category of we don't know if he's capable of of beating those level of coaches but, for a national but title. Nobody but, is. But no, but again, there's only like two of them. So, so this is the thing, like I, I saw the the stat post posted of um, you know, Nick Saban in January is ten and seven in Alabama. And Pete Carroll at USC in January was six and one. Yeah, Pete I, wasn't playing. I understand it, but also I like A, this is a prime example of if you're in the playoff and only playing good teams, someone's gotta lose. Somebody's gotta lose. Alabama's gonna lose a bunch of games against when they only play teams that are ranked number one or two in the country, right? Like, yes, they're gonna lose because somebody has to, right? Um this, this is why like somebody is going to lose in the big 10 and the sec next year with all these teams moving there. Right. Uh, if there was a super league in soccer, somebody would have to lose. Right. Um, I don't think it's a good comparison because Pete Carroll, the, the knock on SC was not the knock on SC, but like people were frustrated that SC was always playing in the Rose bowl against the t- a team from the big 10 who they could just lily warp like Penn state and Michigan and Illinois uh, outside of that Michigan team in 2006, that was really good. The Illinois team was nowhere in close, right? No. Like that, that SC was well, always going to absolutely take them to the woodshed in that game. And right? that's the frustrating thing about that era of college football and, and USC football specifically is we never got to see those teams we never got to see what Pete Carroll could have done right. in a fourteen playoff. Yeah, I suspect he would have just killed it. He would have been. But absolutely his record nuts. at SC, if like if if he would have played in the playoff, probably ended up would have ended up like ten and seven. Also, yeah, because he would have lost. Because you know, right. Saban, Saban, and and Dabo went back and forth. You know, it, it's difficult to win to to win these uh, these playoff games, and yeah. it takes time to get to get the right compilation of team that get, that gets you over the, over the hump. Um, the hope for USC is that Lincoln Riley is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this stage in his career, he hasn't gotten over that hump. He's also, you know, Nick Saban has 20 years on him. So I don't right. know. Yeah. Um, Greg has the last question. Would you rather get dumped in a bucket of mayo or a bucket of eggnog? I don't think I've I've seen a question that I 
want to answer less than this. This is an easy answer. The answer is eggnog. I would rather get dunked with eggnog. And this is why. Eggnog is is designed to be drinking. To be to, to be drank, to be drinking. Um my issue with drinking? eggnog I'm not I'm honestly I'm not sure the correct which well, the correct you're users. the you're the Latin I know major. I should I should know I should know these well I don't know if is 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 drink or drinking a a Latin root I don't think I don't know so. I just somehow to I think that, that in there. it feels a little bit uh a little bit Germanic maybe uh um the Aramaic maybe languages out at this point either way I like eggnog. My issue with eggnog is I only ever want to have two or three sips of eggnog before I'm done. It's just so rich. But if you get dunked, if it if it you know gets dunked on you, you get some dripping in your mouth. It's a it's a pleasant you know thing. You can you can deal with it. Jake, um, don't do this. <laughs> Jake, don't. Do <laughs> With with mayo, mayo is is meant to be a, a like a condiment on a on a sandwich. It's not, you know, there's no eating mayo on its own is not is not it. So yes, I'd rather do eggnog. I'm just gonna let myself out now. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Eggnog is a liquid, and mayo isn't exactly viscous. Yeah. And I agree, but either one of them, I need to be hosed down with like the, the hose that they use with the elephants. Like <laughs> I, I love mayo. I, it's, it's, I think it's a great condiment. It is the best condiment. Uh, mayo on fries. Wonderful. Mayo on the outside of a grilled cheese. Wonderful. Mayo on a sandwich, magnificent. I love me some mayo. But eating it or tasting it or touching it, any of those things, no. I love ketchup, but I wouldn't want to be dumped in ketchup either. Eggnog, though, like I think is an absolute menace to society. I think it is immoral to drink eggnog. I think it is horrendous. Any sort of milk drink uh, is a black mark on human existence. And so my gut is to say that eggnog is the one that I wouldn't want remotely touching me ever. But I think you're right in that it's a liquid and you can just wash it off easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For the record, it is drank. The correct usage is drank. And the verb and noun are both from Middle English, from the Old English drinken, akin to Old High German trinken. So I was sort of right about the the, the Germanic potential Old English roots mm. of it, not Latin. Right. So West Texas there. Mike says we need to end the show. <laughs> Let's go have some egg dog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Um, by the way, I have Lincoln Riley's... Um... <laughs> I have his Wikipedia page up. You know, you know what high school he went to? Is it, is it Mule Shoe? Mule Shoe. Mule Shoe is his, Mule the town shoe. he's from. Mule, so. Mule Shoe. Mule Shoe. Say that Lubbock. 10 times fast. Lubbock. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week to talk more about USC, probably more about the transfer portal, more about whatever else is there. 
Uh, give us your emails, randomtroyfansided.com. Give us your phone numbers. Uh, your phone numbers. Give us your voicemails. 818-643-7227. Uh, we'll be back then uh, next week. So um, we'll be talking. Uh, you know how to reach us. All those things. Thanks, as always, for, for listening to us. Thanks again to everybody who supports the show. Um, just being here, hearing our voice say this uh, means that you support the show and we love you for that. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, you're the best. Um, so until then, uh, we will see you. See ya. See ya. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.